It's simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Please welcome to today's episode of the Tea with Mike show, Sage Alvarez-Smith, who is a second-year assistant basketball coach at the College of the Desert in California. Sage is also a social media influencer on Twitter and regularly hosts the Twitter space called Sage uh, Neighborhood. Sage is also about to launch a new podcast called Sage Up. So hey, Sage, and welcome to the Tea with Mike show. Oh, man, thank you for having me on, Mike. Uh, it's a privilege to be on here, and I'm I'm just so I'm so I'm so happy to get going. I mean, you, you've been hosting such an amazing show with amazing people, and I'm I'm happy to be one of those people on the show now. Yeah, that's what we're all about on the Team with Mike show. So I appreciate that. All about capturing stories from people around the world. And obviously, we came across each other on Twitter. I've seen the great things that you've been doing with your Twitter community and all the stuff you do in your community with your basketball, too. And so that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show and also build on some of the mental health themes that have been a key theme over the last few weeks on my own podcast and something that you talk about on your spaces, too. So. Do you want to start by talking a little bit about the launch of the podcast, Saged Up, some of the initial goals for it, and how will it complement the Twitter spaces that you hold? So, like you said, we're, we're launching the Saged Up podcast. We're going to be getting it on all the platforms, YouTube, Facebook. We're going to be dropping on you know, Apple and Spotify. It's going to be a great thing where the, the, the podcast is the show about you. So we're going to be finding more out about people, more finding out about, you know, how, we want to get deeper, deeper, intimate level with people. Like we want to be able to get those questions out of them. And, and it's a positive uplifting. We're not going to be baiting people and we're, we're going to be uplifting people in our community. That's what my community is all about. We're very positive people. We look out for one another. I mean, it's been I've I've been inspired like every episode. If you if you watch the stage, the neighborhood episode, I mean, some of these stories from, like you said, mental health. I mean. I've cried sometimes and I and I don't even get emotional like that like all the time but when I when I hear some people just pouring their heart out just needing a voice to you know let them know that we're listening you know I can I don't have the solutions for a lot of these people but you know what I have I have the first step and I'm like I'm here for you and then you know that you're not alone you can overcome anything you know what what happens to us isn't against us it's for us and I I, I believe if we approach with that attitude with a lot of the circumstances in our life we're going to be great and there's been times where i'm like man this stuff's so against me and you know i get down i get that depressed it's a trickle it's a cycle but once you're like hey you know what i was put through this because i was going to come out stronger because of all this like there's going to be a side of me where i'm like i'm motivated i'm ready to tell people that they can't put me in a box that they try to put me in. I'm overcoming the obstacles. And, you know, we love those those stories when, you know, when I when I hear about Ed Milet and his dad, 15-year alcoholic, and he goes and says, son, I'm going to have one more try, and I'm going to go one more last chance to go to rehab. The guy goes to rehab, and he comes out of there ready to inspire thousands of people. On his on his deathbed, he had notes on in the in, in uh, by his bedside. It had dates. It had a 115 for MJ, and and that was his his sober birthday. And he would call them and say happy sober birthday, because he cared about people. That was, I, those are the stories I love it because I, I know a lot of us get you know when we make mistakes and we're like going down a bad path, we don't always see the bright light at the end of it. But that guy used his 15 years of, be, uh, of his son, like his son's life of being an alcoholic, and transformed that into helping thousands of people up until the moment he passed away. Like those are stories that inspire me. I want everyone to be inspired to share their story on my on my platform. Thanks for sharing, man. And yeah, it's those stories. I, I've had moments like that too on my show where it's like just leaves you with like goosebumps and really reinvigorates the appreciation for what you have. And when you're complaining, you're like, oh, actually, my life is better like than all these other people. So why am I complaining about something that is very simple when all these other people are going through much deeper and greater struggles? And that, that's not to underline like, that everybody can have struggles and stuff, but it's really about putting things into perspective, right? Right. And with the neighborhood, so here's one thing I've, I've been looking, this is a cool tool that it's going to be along with the podcast, is with the Sage Up neighborhood, with the Twitter spaces, this is for a lot of content creators, so I'm going to give you all some free thing, is the Twitter spaces to like, are like, well, I use my Sage Up neighborhood, you can use that for your podcast. So like, let's say me and you are live right now, and I have another device that's right here, 
then we could connect with up to 12 different people with all within our sh- like me and you being right here so you have an audience remember you know like they used to have to call in with their phone we just have to say okay we're unmuting and you're unmuted or we're like oh you're on the mic and if you trust when you build trust within the people in your community they they'll know to come on the mic you don't have to like you know press a button like they'll just be like hey just come on uh mike from san jose come on here and he's on but the other people are just going to be on mute and disciplined. My people are so disciplined. When I put them on the mic, I it can go crazy. You take a risk, but if there if there are people you're cool with and they can just have the flow, I mean, that's a I've seen people use it, and I'm like, I think everyone should be doing that. I think it's the next level of Twitter Spaces is to use it as a tool for then you do the live podcast, have an audience into your show. Also, did you ever try out Clubhouse? Yeah, that's what Twitter Spaces is. It's exactly like Clubhouse. And I like Clubhouse. I love the idea. And I think that once I, because obviously I built I built the Twitter brand up, I was like, why am I not doing Twitter Spaces? And then about, what was it, three weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna start doing this. And now I'm busting one to two episodes a day. And we're, we're going to have the schedule be out every Monday. I'll have it on my, on my profile so we can know when to come to the shows because we're getting so much people in every day, every night. It's just different people that have been just me. It's a community. It's, it's so nice. And then you see other people sharing other people's podcasts or going now because they're meeting people online. Now they're going to their podcasts. And I'm like, I'm connecting people to, to different shows. I need to come on your show. I need to come on your show. Like, you see, I'm like, Oh, hey. like that's what my whole thing about Twitter was. I think that's why I'm so like, in my view, like I'm successful in Twitter because I've been able to bridge gaps about connecting people. And it's, you know, my campaign against the bots. I don't get people bots. I don't like, I don't help people like that. I want to help people. I want me and you to be friends. I want you to be friends with my friends. And they're really, they're, they love watching you and they love, and I, it's just, you know, now we're going down that trickle line of positivity, where it's just, you know, we want the positivity with everyone. And that's what, you know, we always want to uplift our community and, and bring more people into it because, you know, we want to spread pr- uh, positivity around the Twitter atmosphere and social media and all that. Definitely, it's that positivity, and then it's also that positive connection, and I've experienced it just like you have. It's cool to connect other people together and then just sit back and just be in the background whilst they do whatever their collaboration is, but know that you played a small part in a big story, and you might not be the headline act, but it's cool to know that you connected Sally from Philadelphia and Bruce from New York, and... Those are the moments that I live for, you know, those are the moments that I remember. It's not necessarily what is the weather today. It's me me connecting two strangers together. Yeah. The other night, I'm not kidding you, it was probably like 11, uh, 10, 11 o'clock, and it was like three people on my space, and they couldn't breathe. I'm telling you, they were nonstop. I didn't talk for like an hour on my own show. Like, I'm telling you, I'm 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 a host in my Twitter space. There's so many listeners, so many people come in and out, and... You, you won't hear a dime. You won't hear anything from me for like an hour on one of my episodes because that's how it like, is for me. I'll sit back and let that relationship. Those relationships are building right in front of my eyes. Have a cup of tea and sit back and watch, right? <laughs> of course. And listen, you know, gotta gotta be ready to to just let the magic flow. So don't you know? Sometimes like I, you feel like you have to get a word in, and I'm like, the only time I cut someone off was when they had 50 minutes straight of Detroit lying conversation, and all I said was. Hey, I'm gonna give out a free book on how to win friends and influence people. I'm gonna let you guys keep going, but anyone that listens to 50 minutes of Detroit Lion football deserves a free book. So we're, and that's another part about my show. We give out books, like we give out how to win friends. I've already given out so many how to win friends and influence people. Cause I think that's that's a really important book, and it's a really, it's a book that changed my life and my philosophy. And it was a book that kind of trickled down to you know how to have conversations. And I think that's a big part. Is a, uh, I think none of a lot of us haven't taking the time to just do books on even conversations you know we will read these books in school but you know these books that are working on us i think that's the first step i wanted to bring i wanted to bring those stories with abraham lincoln you know you learned that he will never talk trash about anyone in his life after he got almost killed for it because he was a lawyer and he used to talk trash he used to go to the new it used to be like the like the twitter, twitter trolls he would go to the newspaper and be like this guy is a this and he would make fun of them and so one guy was like, no, let's, let's have a battle, a duel of death. And Abraham Lincoln was like, what? And he took, barely got out of the situation. Abraham Lincoln said, I'll never say anything bad about anyone else ever again. And never did. If they talk about his famous letter where the, the general, he let the South in the, in the Battle of Gettysburg get away. And Abraham's like, go after them. Get them right now. And the, and the general was like, 
I just, you know, he's like, no, we're going to stay here. Didn't listen to Abraham Lincoln. He gets away. We go another two years, uh, like a year or two in that war. And Abraham Lincoln wrote this letter in the nicest of like nicest letters to let him know how much he let them down. I'm like, this is not even like it, it was it was unbelievable. But the best part of that story was he never sent the letter. The letter was on his stack of like letters in his room because he realized that even sending that letter would have not would have demoralized the morale of that soldier who just witnessed probably one of the most horrific battles in U.S. history. So he was like, I'm in the White House. I've been chilling. <laughs> You're the one that's been going crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you the right advice, but you don't understand because you just witnessed something horrific. So me as a leader, I'm like, okay, I understand you didn't listen to me, but I'm not going to like, I got to keep going. And that's one thing like Abraham Lincoln, like you can learn a lot from honestly. So, I, you know, how to influence influence people is a really it's really amazing book. I recommend everyone to check it out. Awesome man, like great mini story, and I'll go check it out. You know, it's cool to see what other people are influenced by and what you can learn from other people's experiences. Ultimately, so where did you grow up, and where do you call home now? So I grew up in the, the Palm Springs area. I've lived here for most. Of my, I lived in the La Quinta, California. My my, uh, I live here currently right now. So I lived here. For Majority of my life. I've also lived in Scottsdale, Tempe, Mesa. I lived there for about off and on for about seven years. I love Tempe, Arizona and Scottsdale. Like that's a just a magical place where I met a lot of my closest friends from around the world. I mean, I had I had a roommate from Saudi Arabia and I, you know, oh, wow. I learned I learned learned from his culture and I learned uh he was a really nice guy. I learned from just a lot of different people. Uh I mean, people from Miami, people from Chicago, people from Canada, more people from, you know, just all over. I mean, Arizona is a cool place where it has like a lot of mix of different cultures. So definitely, I definitely fitted in over there with them. And then I, like right now, I'm coaching at College of the Desert on our second year. Uh, right now, we're just in uh, summer workouts and uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting ready for the second year. There's so much I learned from my first year and I can't wait to take the stuff I learned and, and get this uh, next group ready at a higher level. Awesome. And so what's the weather like? Is it sunshine all year round or is it? It's uh, it's like right now, it's probably about 113, 114 degrees. It gets really, really hot over here. Probably about October to April. April, May is when our season ends and it's the best weather you can live at. I mean, we're talking like the best winter, best spring you could ever have. That's why people from Chicago, from uh, New York, people from Canada, a lot of, you know, a lot of our friendly Canadians from up north, they live down here and they, they live, you know, they love it down here. And, you know, we're really nice people. Awesome. And so what were some of your favorite things to do growing up as a kid? I love playing sports. I played basketball, baseball. I love football. I, everything I did in my childhood is, is it had to do with sports at some point. Yeah, I was year round and something year round at basketball. I was doing travel soccer. So there's just a lot of different things I was working on as a kid, just and I think I just took over basketball because I just, I love the game and just it, it, like something about it just always made sense to me. And like in lots of different sports and obviously playing a whole bunch of them, what were some skills that you learned as you experienced lots of different coaches and teams and players and that type of thing? Soccer was one of my like early best sports because I have great footwork. So my footwork translated to basketball so easily. Now I just need to do the moves, but like soccer, when you get that foundation of like, I was a great defender and I was great. Like just everything about my footwork is really uh, excellent as a kid. So they, and when I went to basketball, I was one of the worst. So I was like, I, but I had my footwork, which kept me uh, going. So uh, soccer really led me. And that's why I tell people, you don't want to be one sport as a kid. You want to get multiple sports because the baseball, the hand-eye coordination and all that. It's the best when you get to play with the team and develop those characters with different sports and different situations, of course. Because, you know, baseball, if you get to slide home and go, you leave third, you know, it's a moment, you know, you don't have a basketball, you know. I'm sliding home, I knock the ball, the catcher's glove to win the game, you know. I love it. So who's your favorite basketball player and why? Oh, it's Kobe Bryant. He's a player I feel is the greatest of all time. I feel like I've always we've been uh, spoiled as Laker fans to have him come day in and day out, uh, day in day out, just giving us pure greatness. Uh, we learned from all the greatest, of course, learned from Jordan, and he just took it to a different level, in my opinion. It was really special time as a Laker fan to come home and watch that every night. Awesome. And so, what were some of the most important skills when as a basketball player, and why? 
I think the most important skill is trust and faith. I think when you put in the work and you put in the time, I think you have a lot, your sense of trust, your sense of faith will all come into play. Like the fact if you go down and you put in a hundred shots for 30 days straight or you do it for months on end, your, your trust in yourself is going to come out and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to hit this, I'm going to hit this, I'm going to hit this. I, I, you know, your faith, like, you know, I don't have faith, I'm going to make this. I, I, I done the work, you know, I don't, I don't have no worries. I don't. I think that's what people need to understand is, you know, some of my players on my team, you know, so I'm like, if you do 100 pushups tonight, do them for seven, seven months straight, there's going to be a difference. Like, we're going to we're going to see it some way, somehow. Hit the work in and don't don't skip steps. So it's kind of that consistency factor, which I guess you can apply to everything you do from growing a Twitter account to coaching a team to, I guess, your own physical and mental well-being. It's just discovering good habits and practices and then doing them for long enough to see an impact, right? That's exactly what it is. And you'll notice when you start picking up like great habits, it just, it, you know, you you take the time to do to, to, in the morning to get some meditation in and you do that every day for, for a whole month. How much better are you going to feel mentally if you were to meditate for 10 minutes every morning? Or if, you know, you skipped like that, you know, that fast food meal and you made a home meal and you did those for a whole month, you're going to feel a difference. You're not feeling like, you know, very greased up. And, you know, there's just different things you could do to pick up those healthy habits. Like for me, I was drinking a lot of lemon and cucumber water to, you know, instead of soda. So that was helping. And I, I encourage everyone to start picking up these little habits and just, you know, little things, you know. And so what kind of inspired you to become an assistant basketball coach? I had a great influence from Ned, Coach Ned from uh, my childhood. He, at like 13 years old, inspired me to to want to get into the game of basketball. I think at that point I was eating, breathing, breathing you know, every day I was thinking about basketball. And I think by 16, uh, we just got done with my junior year, and I was at my Boys and Girls Club, and they had no coach. And uh, I ended up just taking on the, the it was a sixth grade team as a 16-year-old, and we built an AAU program out of it, and those kids went on to do some amazing things in our area. One girl was a scholarship athlete. We had players win league title. Like three players won their first league title for their school in their history. From that team, I coached, and you know, a lot of those kids were just, you know, boys and girls club kids. Their parents didn't really care if they played sports or not. They're just luckily someone's there to babysit them at times, or you know, sometimes parents just you know working two jobs and. You know, both parents and yet they just go there, son. You go, you know, go there. And I, I coach boys and girls, but and uh, I mostly coach the boys team. You know, uh, we had a lot of guys. We had a couple girls play. We had one girl, Hillary Alvarez, and she was a scholarship athlete. Or uh, she just became a JV coach at Coachella Valley High School. So congratulations to Hillary and uh, amazing to see. And we have like the same last name. Her mom was. I remember her mom just always screaming up and down and. You know, telling her to box out. I mean, I miss those things when I, I see my, you know, the little, those little, that little first team grow up and see me. I was like, whoa, I was a young guy right there. No facial hair either. <laughs> I am very glad you clarified because I was going to make sure that I heard the last name correctly and I was going to ask if there was any relation or it was just somebody else with the, the same last name. <gasps> Yeah, just a, it's a coincidence. And they're like, is that your sister? I'm like, no, it's just <laughs> just Hillary Alvarez. You know, not no relation with Sage Alvarez, but you know, I'm really happy for her. I, you know, I love that I see people that I like. And that's why I really want to do with Twitter is like have the impact where like this person now is a social media influence and they're doing great. They're doing this. You know, I see uh, my guy, Mad Scientist FF. And, you know, he went from, you know, this account where he had like 1500 people. And now he's has an account with like thirteen thousand, and he's getting like twenty eight million impressions a month. And he's on he's I mean he, he's connecting with NFL players, NFL agents, NFL this, and you know because people people love those people love content. People love when you put out like 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 fun, positive, uplifting content. Like he does a cut four, keep two, and you cut four items and you keep two of them, or you know he he does stuff that makes you you know want to have fun on Twitter. And I think that's what uh. Yeah, I love my community. I'm like, man, this guy gets more impressions than me. I built people to be stronger than me. That's what I love. I'm like, you know, be better than me. I need to catch up to you. I'm glad I showed you how to work Twitter and how to be amazing on Twitter. And he took it and ran with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to support this guy. This guy's a good guy. And I'm happy to see people like that in the community when they 
then that guy he wasn't sure what he was going to do and uh, he found he found his niche and he I hope to see him on a podcast of himself someday. I know he needs to come on he needs to get on your show too. Nice. Any recommendations is always super helpful, you know, in building different connections. Right. Okay, so what is kind of the main difference between playing and coaching basketballs? And what skills have you had to like learn or develop as you transitioned between the two? I think what's 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 so nice with the uh, coaching and playing, I'm a I'm a lot better coach than I'm a player. That's for sure. So I, that helps in my favor already, and it's because I know how to be patient without being patient. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. Like you're patient, but you're not patient. What happens is people aren't patient, and then they're not patient at the so they have this mix of like, no, we gotta go, go, go. And I'm like, man, you can't go, go, go until you can crawl, and then walk. And then jog, and then run, and then go, go, go. Like, but not having pa- you gotta have patience to get to there. People are like, I want to just be there. I'm like, how, well, how are you supposed to get there? <laughs> you know, you gotta, build, you gotta build and grow, right? You know. Yeah, how how you expect me to run if I don't even know how to crawl? <laughs> I think some people are like, I'm like, well, they need, they just don't understand. I'm like, well, they need, you should, you should probably teach them that, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I, you know, I even get this argument like, these kids, you know, someone like, oh, this certain kid doesn't love the game. I was like, that guy, show them how to love the game. Like that's the other thing. It's like, you know, it's my problem now. Like, cause the thing is, if it's, if, I always say this, if it's a, if it's inner or outer. If it's your problem that only you can take care of, I can't control that. But if it's if I make it, if it's like, oh, can I do something to change my approach to it to solve this problem? Then it is my problem, and I gotta solve it. Because if it's not my problem, like you know, or like as a coach, I gotta solve this guy's problem, like something that you know he's not doing right. How do I get to there? And I think you know, it's just, I gotta sell that player on how to fix himself. And I think that's what you know. We're all salesmen at the end of the day, and we gotta learn. To, I think what people like is like they know I can help them get to that point. I sell them that I could tell them what you know. There's a way I go about things. It's just it's just a little. It's just something I picked up throughout the, all. The, I'm I'm a coach for like 13 years now, so I, I picked up a little tricks here and there. Justin, so it's about being patient, problem solving at the same time, and then coming across in an educational like enthusiastic manner that gains the respect to the people that you're coaching and then they're ultimately hopefully gonna uh, listen and apply some of it right it helps to be dramatic a little bit <laughs> i will say that it's a good and, and, and everyone should use that for their sales like be a little be dramatic like sell it though really sell it in a fun dramatic way they're like you know really get to that person so everyone's different you know i don't believe you should coach everyone the same uh, i've always you know i've coached arguing you know it's my way or they're out and i'm like eh, i like saving some of my kids you know sometimes if you go the hard hard way like you're not gonna be able to save certain kids like there's certain kids that need to be saved like on my juco level these kids are at their last chance it's called last chance you for a reason we also Last chance, like, where are we going to go? Are you going to go, is your end of your career? Or are you going to try to go to D3, D2, D1? Last chance you, bro, where are we at? You got to sell yourself. Well, it's college basketball. You have, they're getting like $20,000 scholarships a year. In what, two years? That's a $40,000 scholarship. I'm, I'm investing $40,000 in you. And you got to save my job so I can provide for my family. Or I get fired and they're gonna go hire you, Mike. You're you're, you're gonna be the new assistant coach and you're gonna you're gonna get paid to take my job, and then I have to figure out something else to do with my family. So it's a business. Yeah, it's I think. on the line, right? It's, it's jobs on the line, especially you know we're 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 trying to send kids to colleges and that college coach like, can this kid save my job? That's <laughs> what so they're asking. Every kid, every, every every college basketball coach, D one, D two, D three. If they ask you to come to the school, they're not asking you just to come to the school. They're asking, can you save my job or help me uplift me to a different job that's, you know, I'm a D3 coach. I want to be a D2, D1. You know, some coaches are going to love that, love the school and, you know, be perfectly fine with that. And those are great because we love people that want to help people. But there's some people that, you know, I want more. I want to, I want to, we do so good. I can be a D2 coach and I can get more connections and, you know, it's a business. Like I said, they're all salesmen and they all want to keep their job or get a better job to provide for their family. So, so I guess also performance based from a coaching aspect. So it's a balance between nurturing and then also staying at the job, right? It's a, those are two very opposite things that you have to kind of like balance, right? That's true. 
Awesome. So today's tea fight for the episode is it takes around 2,000 tiny leaves to make just one pound of finished tea. There are more than 1,500 types of teas in the world. Tea plants grow wild in parts of Asia, but over 25 countries cultivate tea as a plantation crop. And then it says that the very best teas, like the kind of the highest quality, come from the highest elevations and are hand-picked. And that comes from irelly.com slash insights slash 10 fun facts about tea. So it's always cool to see what you can learn about the world of tea. I mean, I need to write this down. I, have to re- I'm, I can't wait to watch the recording of this. Cause I also, you just dropped some knowledge right there. I did not know that. Yeah, no, sorry. I go deep on Google and see like, what I can learn about tea. And I talk about it often, but like it's like basketball. The longer you do it, the more you know. Like The same about learning about different teas and how deep the tea industry is and stuff. So I'm not going to go on and on about it because I don't want to sound... I'm trying to keep the content like organic, but it's powerful what you can learn about different things. And if you have an interest in it, the knowledge that you can like, retain in your brain, right? Right. Man, I've been, I'm just so honored to be on here. Mike. I'm so happy that we found each other. We're able to connect because like, you know, your community has been awesome. Like, I just love seeing the, uh, your episodes are just always so amazing. I mean, the fact that uh, there's always a good flow. I mean, we had Gary V on. I mean, what a special episode that was right there. I know we were talking before we started recording, maybe even earlier around, but you know, it's it's, it's those kind of goosebumps moments that keep you going, those impact moments. And I was asking questions in that 10 minutes or, what, or whatever it is, but I was really just listening and soaking it in from somebody that's accomplished like so much. And every episode of the show, I learn from the people that I have on. And that's, for me, one of the favorite things about it is just learning from others because you can't experience everything in the world because... You're only one person, but you can soak some of that up through like other people. And so by talking to different people every week, like you do again in your Twitter spaces, you can get a, I guess, a more enriching and encompassing experience in life, right? That's right. Okay, so in your bio, you mentioned that you're a social media influencer, specifically on the platform of Twitter. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about some of the different strategies that you use to kind of build an audience on this platform? Yes, so it, it kind of started, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the root of it. I had this type of question. It's uh, Twitter, you should be asking questions. You should be you should be trying to think of questions and think of being outside the box. And uh, sometimes it can be simple. So one of my questions I had is, was, who was on your Mount Rushmore for NFL running backs? I had Barry Sanders give me a cold tweet. I had Walter Payton's son uh, do a cold tweet as well. And his algorithm like opened up my account. Like it like so then the in the same tweet I had Chad Ocho Cinco give me a cold tweet. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of people. Like I have people I recognize. So I used that momentum and how to cap like some people might not know how to capitalize on a viral tweet, but I do know how to capitalize on a viral tweet. I do know how to like tap into the algorithm where I was able to take that those tweets and transform my account into something that's been like off the chain unbelievable like i get like three i probably get like two to three thousand comments a day on my account i got people answering questions i probably have like two to three hundred people a day that i don't even follow like comment on my stuff and i've been able to i mean i went from 300 followers to now 29,000 people are following me to where i have 300,000 profile visits i have 97,000 mentions in the last 30 days. I mean, it's just like some of these numbers are just like, whoa, like 2 million impressions, 400,000 impressions. Like it's it's unbelievable what I've been able to do on Twitter. And then I give that power to some people like anyone. If I choose, if I wanted to give you the power, I can give you the power. And I, it, I can help build Twitters. I can help do stuff that people can't do. They're like, well, how do you, well, can, can anyone replicate it? I was like, unless you know another Sage Duck, um, <laughs> I don't know if you know another guy like me. If you did, probably. I mean, but until you, I, until I meet another Sage, like I don't know how anyone else could do what I do, because I did things the the right way. I didn't take shortcuts. I I worked on this app every day for like 15 months straight. So I actually, I'm probably on 
17 months now where I haven't, I haven't had a day where I'm not on Twitter. Like I'm on there aggressively finding people, like connecting people. I grew this month, probably over like 3,300 followers just on like, you know, not even really trying to build, but like gladly I, the, the infrastructure is just, you know, more people, more people, more people. I block all the bots. I get rid of the bots. I don't, I believe that bots kind of ruin your algorithm. So don't okay. ever take, don't take the bot bait. Don't take like, oh, someone gave me this offer $200 for like 10,000 bots. I'd like, I turn it down instantly. Don't take the shortcut. Don't take the bait. Like those are empty follows. I will not do anything for you. They are against you. Like do not fall for it. I, and you know, it's funny is that I see accounts and they fall for that trap all the time. And I'm like, oh, well, that's why you get 10 likes and three comments. But if I put a question out right now, like even during this, I put a question out right now. There was a question I did yesterday on my space. In a matter of 10 minutes, I had over 120 comments on that 10-minute question I posted. Like, wow. stuff could happen like that. Like, I've had some of them get over 2,000 comments on one one question. It just depends. Like, you know, some of them really hit and some of them I would offer like are one of the ones that the biggest one I hit. If if I offered uh if someone offered you ten million dollars to never watch another NBA game in your life, would you do it? Yeah, because I don't watch NBA. <laughs> and you know what's funny was that that was the most of the answers. They were all like and they're, they're they're doing it to be funny, like, oh, where's my back pay? I've been watching NBA since the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> that's also my favorite part about twitter is i think it's the most interactive and for i guess for the type of content that i have i, I that's just that's why i've met the most interesting people right like Insta- instagram's cool to agree but i feel like twitter's the one that's the the algorithm's changing the quickest it's the the most active like you, you can meet people f- i think faster than like instagram and then obviously facebook is a uh, Usually, for the most part, like pretty local, like where you live for the majority of people, right? That's but, right I mean, for me. And uh, Instagram's cool. I do like Instagram. I like, you know, Facebook is very local. Like, you brought up a good point on that, Mike. But Twitter, though, is something different where it's so much more interactive. I mean, for me, like, I don't even like, I like people that post photos. I, I, I get, I have like three to 400 people that post photos every single day you know I, i've actually tapped into twitter on that that's twitter needs to thank me for that too that i brought pictures to twitter like that you go through my account they're like you know somebody like oh do you really have real people i'm like does the 300 photos from real accounts from different people from around the world kind of show you like, what's been going on like people love the comment a photo of your glasses comment a photo of your hat and they're like i love the hat i wear a hat every day and they're like they take the picture right there you know, and why? It's because they love the community. They love that I retweet. They love that I like it. They love that they have comments on there. Like, there's some people, like, I- I've seen on those comments on the photos where they get 300 likes and, like, 40 comments off a tweet that I have where they commented a photo. I'm like, whoa, that's like, we're bringing IG to Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I, you know, it's, a lot of my ideas were like shots I thrown in the dark that I thought was like kind of genius. And I was like, okay, but I won't say I'm genius until it works. And I'm like, oh, it works. <laughs> you know, oh, okay, I'll take the credit for it now. Because a lot of time, I'll tell you, I took a lot of chances on Twitter and they were fails. They were fails, fail, 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 fail. And like, oh, this is a terrible strategy. Don't do this way. I was, I have so many of those stories. But a lot of the times now, I'm like, oh, like this is what worked. This is what worked. This is what worked. This is what worked. Do this. Do this. Oh, no. Connect this way. People are, they want you to connect with them first. Like, I built people, like, some people said, go the fan route and then become, you know, maybe we might become friends. I say go the friend route and then let them become fans through them being friends with you. Some some people come on my show, they're like, I don't even care about NFL. And you guys are having an NFL conversation, but I just came here to support you. And I was like, thank you. And I hope, we, you know, you get in the conversation, we can talk about what you want. So don't be afraid. I'm going to give you the mic. I give people all the mic. They get a chance. You know, I vet them. I look through who I let on the show. And I'm like, oh, this person would be pretty good. Some people are like, oh, that's kind of risky, but I like risking it. Let's see if he's a good person. Sometimes I, I took those risks, and I, I'm very glad I did because those people are like, you know, I had one guy come on and said that wrestling saved his life from a very dark place, and we learned about his wrestling story. I'm like... I'm like I'm I'm oh, so man. glad I'm I'm so glad you're here with us. I'm so glad you found wrestling in your life. You know, that got you from that dark place. Like I 
you know, I, I, I don't watch wrestling right now, but you know what, for me, I'm like, tell us more, <laughs> you know, I, educate me. I don't know much about women's soccer and I'll be honest, I don't, but I'm like, I have a Karen, a Karen would come and she, she went on for like 30, 40 minutes straight of soccer. And I was like, Karen, if you wanted to keep going, I'll let you go and keep going, you know, let her talk about soccer. And then, oh, Kyle, you want to bring up Oklahoma softball? Come on, Kyle. Come on, talk about Oklahoma softball. And then him tell me, write me a DM saying, like, this is the first time I've ever done this. And I'm, thank you for letting me be on the mic. And I'm like, bro, you killed it. Keep going on. <laughs> like, yeah, I love those moments for people. That's awesome, man. And it also, it helps you too, right, that, that you built, like, a community that is backing you. Because now instead of just you generating topic ideas, you've got, hundreds and probably thousands of people even probably by now that are, are generating those kind of ideas and each one is knowledgeable in a different one so that adds like depth to your spaces and probably keeps a lot of people coming back because it's not just sage talking about basketball all the time or sid talking about gardening all the time like it's different every time because it's different people interacting and that's probably the coolest part right as it really is. I mean, when we got like, I, I bring her up again. We bring up like Susan, who's she has like the most amazing icon. And what what was interesting she brought up the other day was that she used to be her dad used to work for Joe Namath, and we're like people are like you, your dad used to work for Joe Namath. Can you tell us a story? Now we're like everyone's like, and some one person I was like I was like come on bro like like do you have a photo? Can you post it? And so she actually went and posted the photo. Like she's like no, it's the real thing. And you know she's like I'm gonna look for it right now and. You know, we have fun moments like that where I'm like, oh my God, I kind of pushed it a little bit, but I'm kind of glad because like sometimes like that little push was like, no, she wanted to post it. And I was like, oh, you know, and I was like, she really did. And she didn't want it, she wouldn't. But the fact that like someone asked her, she was like waiting for that connection. I didn't realize that a lot of people were just waiting to do stuff. People are waiting to post pictures on Twitter. People have always been waiting. Like the fact that I, I post a comment, a photo of your costume from Halloween. People want to post the photo from Halloween. They've been waiting for someone to set them up. And they saw me, and then they're like, hold up, are a bunch of trolls going to come after me? Oh, no, Sage blocks them all. <laughs> we're, we're safe, you know, because I get rid of them all. Like, I, I really do. They try to attack my page, and I, I get rid of them. I get rid of the trolls. I don't have the bad community. I didn't take the shortcut. If I wanted to be at 40,000 today, I'd be at 40,000 today. But I'd rather have 29,000. Some of you are like, some of you are like, I I'd rather have a hundred followers than twenty nine thousand people. I don't that I don't know. I was like, it's funny you say that because I said I don't want forty forty five thousand people. I want twenty nine thousand real people. So how does that feel when you when you hear those numbers? And they're like, you don't know that. I'm like, I probably do. <laughs> I've worked hard to know people on here. So like, I probably say I have a good idea of a majority of my followers. Like, that's why I get interaction every day. Fabulous, man. And so I kind of touched on it at the beginning, but mental health is a, a regular topic of conversation that comes up in your space. So why are mental health issues so important to you? And, and what do you hope to do by talking about them? Save lives. Like, at the end of the day, like, the number one goal is to save lives. I think it's a really important issue. It's, it's scary to talk about. It's scary to even say that for a lot of people. When you're like, oh, what, is it really on that level? I'm like, yeah, it really is. And it's a sensitive issue that I think that a lot of people aren't open to talk about. But I think for me, it's like to bring up those people that are willing to share their stories. And some of them have. Some of them have. I mean, you come on the show and, you know, someone is going through that day and they're like, I just got a vent. I'm like, okay, we're all, and we're all respectful, you know, and hear their story out and hear them. We're like, man, I'm so sorry to hear what you're going through. And we just want to let you know that we're here for you. And, you know, I, I, I might not have a solution, but like, you know, you have a voice. You have you have a you have a, someone that will listen to you and be open ears and uh, won't judge. And uh, you know, that's one thing that platform is able to do is that we we're able to help those people and you know show them that they're not alone. They can get lonely out there, so we want to bring a community because I think everyone wants a place to belong. I think that's really important that they that people know that they can have this place, uh, my community, and have a place to belong. And do you think people open up and share like some very personal stories specifically in your space? Because over time through listening, they see like how much of a community is and how many other people either are going through the same thing. So they're like, oh, Jim just spoke. Oh, I bet you're experiencing the same thing. Well, when you, I'm all when like fluid conversation. When you, when you have a guy like uh, his name is uh, Randy that came on. It's a, I want to say he was Navy. 
10 of his or nine of his 10 people in his group committed suicide and talks about his story of coming to God and, you know, coming closer, you know, not going down the route of his friends, of his brothers, you know, nine of your 10 people you went into the Navy with that were supposed to be that close group. And they're all, you know, they all passed away like that. And then for you, for you to almost not fall in the same trap, I mean, you could have easily been 10 out of 10. And he will tell you and tell you about his paintings and tell you about his artwork, that gift he has and being able to use his painting gift to give back to the world. That he feel like God helped him, you know, gave him this gift to be a painter and he, and he wants to paint and really, you know, do some special projects for people. And he's been able to connect with so many amazing people through his painting. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he was wanting to share that story because when I heard that, I mean... He almost had the entire room, like, you know, it was a mixture of just sadness, but just like, I'm so grateful you were able, you were, he was able to share that story and, you know, stay strong and uh, be inspired. I think everyone was inspired from that story. And anyone that listened that day truly uh, should be inspired by his, him and uh, his story and, you know, being able to persevere through all the, through all the madness. Uh, I was happy to see that. And I loved hearing stories like that. I think hearing stories like that opens more people to want to share their story and be like, you know, I, you know, um, it's like Darren Waller from the Raiders and uh, how he had Mad Max Crosby, uh, alcoholic for his whole life. And he went up to Darren Waller and, was, and he had a talk with them. Next, you know, Mad Max Crosby is going to rehab. And now he's been, he went to rehab, has been clean ever since. And that he's got a big time concert with the Raiders this past off season. So, you know, you see stories like that. I'm like, man, this guy kept going down his bad ways where it's, you know, alcohol and, and didn't talk to Darren Waller. Darren Waller was that one more who that connected him. So now he got to, you know, he's living his dream now. What if he didn't get that contract? He would have been, you know, back in the back in the rat race with a lot of us. Uh, I think that, you know, for him to get life-changing money because he gave up the alcohol, I think that's inspiring to people too. And I think that's what stories like that, I think, are just amazing. So what have you kind of personally learned about mental health from all the, these different stories and conversations that you've held? And kind of what, what advice would you give to someone kind of struggling with mental health issues? I would say for uh, for you to reach out, essentially knock off like the, like the pride factor. A lot of men have this where we just we cannot ask for help. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not a seen sign of a weakness to need help. So if you need help, I think it's uh, very important to reach out to someone that you can you feel comfortable around. So I think what happens is when those people don't feel like they have their voice heard or have no one to talk to, then they get bottled up. And then, then they go down that bad path where, you know, we talk to them like, man, I didn't know that person needed to talk to. I didn't know that person was going through things. And I was like, well, it's because the guy's bottled up and doesn't know what he can talk to. Or she. It happens to both. Everything that happens against us is for us. I think that we can always persevere through anything we've ever been dealt with, uh, the cars we've played with. I would always say this. It, it's not easy to always have a positive attitude. But wouldn't it be easier to have a, a lifestyle of when you're you know, you know, very uplifting and positive person than it is to be in a depression? You know, all this. I think we get stuck in it. And we don't know how to get ourselves out, but then we're also not going to take the steps to get out. So then we're stuck in that depression. So you got, we all got to take the steps to get out of it. Like for, for me, when I was in there, I, I, I've been starting to read. So I read a lot of books. I read every day now. I read two to three books every day. You got to read. I think that's one thing I, I recommend everyone. That's why I give out free books on my show all the time. I give out How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've given out a couple of books that my one of my listeners was one of my listeners wrote a book i'm like i'm gonna buy your book and then i'm gonna give out two copies of it and i give out like two copies of his own book that he wrote himself so i you know like to give out books and encourage people to start reading every single day that's very cool and that's probably that's quite unique isn't it not just giving away random like giveaways but something that actually has like meaning and has thought thought behind and people can you know, people can learn and I'm sure, then i'm sure like when they've read the book they come back and share what they've learned and, and stuff like that so that's just a cool way to keep the conversation going so what do you kind of do on a daily basis to look after your own health it sounds like you're crazy busy do you sleep with basketball and twitter and I'm sure a lot of other things in your personal life. I'm in the process, and this is uh, something I've been working on myself. I took this, uh, if you ever read the, it just came out, it's called The Power of One More by Ed Milet. And Ed talks about breaking down the day into three days. So you're getting three days of activities done. 
you should break them into six-hour segments. So if you break down each six-hour segment, you should probably end up with six hours of sleep at the end of the night. What time you started at, like, it, it's really important. So for me, I got to get a lot of stuff done before I go to basketball practice. And then basketball practice, you know, kind of would, uh, by the end of it, it'll probably end my first day. Now I got to go to my second day. I got to make sure I get done with that day. And then what, what happens is when you separate yourself into, like, three days instead of one, you know how it's a theory – you know, have you ever seen someone run a cross country race or, you know, someone run like a, like a long distance, you know, and you're yeah. on track, right? You notice how they go fast at the end. That's why you should break your days down into three. Cause then by the end of your first day, you're like, you're doing it, you're sprinting to like, you know, the end of, or, you know, wherever I had in my day. So my practice, so I'm, you know, making sure I'm getting done with that at the end of the day. Then you have the next day. So by, you know, I think it's probably about a, what, like a four o'clock say four o'clock, you're already trying to like sprint to that four o'clock because you're trying to get done with that day. And then now you're trying to move on to the next. So that's, the theory is if you broke things down into smaller fragments, like if you had one day, you just thought today was one day, you're only going to sprint hard at the end and not in like those two times if you broke it down with three. So that's another, I, I just learned that and I'm implying, trying to implement that. I don't know if I'm perfect at it yet, but I'm, you know, it's always, you gotta, you gotta go after it and you gotta tackle it. And I, I love that idea. So that's how I'm living my life now. So I need to live three days in one. Fantastic. And so what's kind of next for you personally and professionally? Professionally with content, I think it's attacking off the social medias, having interviews, interviewing people at a, you know, getting the positivity spread throughout all social media now. Now that I tackled Twitter and I built such an amazing community, I'm like, all right, we did it. But we need to we need to do more. And what's the more is getting the 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 Sager neighborhood, which came in the past three weeks. It's been amazing. Thousands of people have already tuned in. Now it's time to go to YouTube, attack YouTube and attack Facebook. I'm gonna have a live show on TikTok. I'm gonna have a live show on on Instagram, and we're gonna attack all the platforms. Like we're gonna attack them one by one, and we're gonna build everything up, and we're gonna connect communities together and uplift people on all of them. I'm a still coach basketball, so we need a we need a league title. We need a league <laughs> title this year, and we need to win state. So obviously, those are my goals for college basketball as well. <laughs> so, what is one th- thing that nobody knows about you and your story that you would like to share with people listening? That's a great question. So I would say I told you how I saw my favorite, one of my first, you know, really great sports. And this is how, if you yes. really, really knew me, someone like yeah, I've known Sage since elementary school. He, he could not shoot the ball. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, he would make some shots, but it wouldn't look good at all. Like, well, how do you shoot the ball? And I would shoot it like behind my head. And I was like, it would be like a soccer throw, essentially. And I was like throwing it like a soccer ball. And I was making it like swish on everything. But I had the ugliest shot back in the day until someone finally corrected me finally. But that's why I'm like, I, I was really bad at basketball at one point. So I, I know uh, you see me shoot nowadays, I'm gonna see it's a lot better, but it, it used to look ugly. Nice, man. Good stuff. And so finally, what's one piece of advice maybe that you haven't shared yet that you would like to pass on someone listening to this? I would say that to not listen to the people that are negative, don't listen to the people that try to get in your way of progress. Always look for the people that are, are trying to uplift you and also my best advice is to take advice from someone that's really phenomenal in the area you're going in you know if i wanted advice on being a doctor i would go to a doctor so i need to learn from a doctor if i want to learn from someone that is in business i go to i don't go to my friends down the street that are working the same job as me and be like hey you guys have some advice on real estate and you know <laughs> these guys have no idea what about real estate like oh yeah my my sister's cousin's friends, you know, they bought a house and now we're, we're you know, we're, do, we're, we're in a condo out, you know, we're doing this and this and duplex and we're, we're you know, we're making money. I'm like, do, do you know anything about what they did? Like, no, <laughs> but they'll tell you how the, the, you know, I would just say, make sure you know who you gain advice from, but you got to get it from somebody. Like you can't just say like, oh, all bad people. Like, I don't know anyone. I don't know what I'm going to go into. Then I was like, well, we'll start start with some guys like Ed Milet, Grant Cardone. Start with some. Start with how to win friends and influence people. Read those and get a foundation. You want to get your money right and start your money foundation. I beg, go learn from rich dad, poor dad. 
go learn from my guy Robert. Like he'll he'll show you something that I don't even know about. And you know, I've just read that book right now recently, so I'm more educated about that. We need to get advice from the right people. And I know people, you know, I have my tweet every morning. Uh, what is the best advice you can give to give to someone? <laughs> and uh, I have hundreds of responses every single day. And some people are like, don't take any advice from Twitter. And I'm like, I'm gonna take your advice and take people's advice on Twitter, <laughs> just because I, I I just doing it differently, right? You know. I'm doing it differently. We, I want people, and you know, a lot of them give great advice that they're taking themselves. So that's why I love seeing people's opinion. Like, even if I don't necessarily agree with the advice, I love that they put it out there. And I'm like, you know, a lot of them, it's therapeutic to like want to help people. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I, I, that's the other thing about social media, be consistent. Like, if you have an episode drop every Friday at three o'clock, you should just drop it every day at three o'clock because then people are going to know the clockwork that, you know, they drop it at three o'clock. So people know every morning I'm going to drop the what is the best advice suite. So every day people are flooding my profile visits because they're looking for that tweet. You know, people know if you do something consistent, I've done that consistently now for almost a year now, that tweet every day. It's not, it's going to come out in the morning. <laughs> At some point in the morning, that tweet is going to come out and people love it. Be consistent and be positive. Like be positive. Like don't be negative. You don't need to bring people down to up to to get big on social media. I could do it positive with the positivity behind me. Well, fantastic! Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Mike. I really do appreciate you, and and thank you for ha- thank you for the time. This I've had a great conversation with you, and uh, I'm I, I'm so blessed to be on here. Hopefully, this is the start of uh, maybe some future collaborations and as some networking and stuff. All things that I think we really like align with, right? That's right. And, you know, we definitely got to collaborate. I know my people want to hear from you on, on my Twitter, on the Sage Up Neighborhood and the podcast. You know, we need you as a guest on the podcast with uh, me and Spoon, Spoon and Zeke. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, giving you some, you know, we'll be giving you some questions. And, you know, I hope, I hope you're ready for them, you know, and uh, we'll be getting ready to know to know more of you, Mike, on my uh, on my shows. And the neighborhood would love to even meet you and get to you know, connect with you and know that, you know, I already know they're going to, you know, they instantly will love you because they, they, they just see the, they see someone that's, that's uplifting the community around him. And, you know, that's fits in with my community. So, you know, it'll work out our collaboration. I'm excited, man. This was another great episode of the Tea with Mike show with Sage Alvarez-Smith talking about basketball, mental health, and how Sage has been able to build a great community on Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode of the Tea with Mike show, make sure you check out some of the other great stories from people all over the world at teawithmike.com and on all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. And thank you, as always, for supporting the Tea with Mike show. Thanks, Sage. It's the Tea with Mike show.